Welcome to the Great Loop Radio podcast, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA, and today we're continuing our popular series on the story of our Great Loop, where we bring in some of our Gold Loopers, which is anyone who's completed the route, and they tell us all about their trip, their boat. And we're going to continue that today with Lisa and Mike Hitt, who did the Great Loop aboard a 40-foot Sea Ray. Before I bring in Lisa and Mike officially, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Great Loop Yacht Sales, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners and viewers to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with that out of the way, Mike and Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. It's our pleasure. Thanks for I having us. Yeah, I always love doing these because we get to catch up with some of our Looper friends along the way, and all of you do such a great job of inspiring others. And actually, for 2022, um, Sea Rays were one of the most popular boats on the Loop, so it's great to have uh, some Sea Ray owners come and do this with us. Well, let's kind of, you know, start from the beginning. What was it about this adventure or the thought of doing the Great Loop that really drove you to to want to complete it? Probably me being crazy. I wanted to <laughs> mark off doing things, and I thought this was something I could do. And so for 10 years, I've been saying, let's do it, and Yeah, I was a very reluctant spouse until I came to the fall rendezvous in October of 21. And just, uh, I came away from there so inspired, so motivated. Uh, everybody was moving ahead with life. And uh, I left there going to him like, why aren't we doing this? We got to do this. So things changed for us quickly after that. So while I was wanted to do it, I wasn't prepared to do it. She's like, well, we're selling our house. We're doing this. We're doing that. So that's what happened. So Lisa, what was it that was causing you prior to the rendezvous to be reluctant? And what do you think it was about that event that caused you to see things in a different light? I was reluctant. So we both boated as kids, but on pontoon boats, ski boats, that type of thing. We haven't boated for 30 years. And um, we live in Arizona, so we're far removed from the route, and that seemed really inconvenient. And um, I had recently retired, and I really liked my retirement lifestyle that was happening, and it seemed like this was going to be a big upheaval to go to go do this loop. But then going to the rendezvous, like I said, everybody was so um, inspirational and just... Um, I can't hardly explain it. Um, like life, all of your troubles and cares kind of just fell away because they were so passionate about this great adventure. And it did seem very achievable. Then uh, we went to a lot of the seminars. It broke down like what you're going to need to know, what you're going to have to learn. And it all seemed achievable coming out of there. And we both said we're as smart as those guys. So we... <laughs> uh, for sure. So you did choose a 40 foot sea ray for the loop. <laughs> Um, and as I said, that Sea Rays were one of, I think it was the number two most popular uh, make for loop completions in 2022, which was surprising to many. Um, and I think one of you in your pre-interview said it was, you know, it's a little bit, uh, you almost said it apologetically that, you know, sometimes that's a little controversial to have a, a fast boat. 
-hmm. in this community. Um, and it's nice to see that that's changing. We have a fast boat too. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, you know, tell us about your boat and what it was about it that made it the right one for your great loop. It was available at the right place at the right time. So <laughs> That's always a jumped, plus. Yeah, when we jumped into the boating market, it was when a lot of other people were jumping in as well. We purchased it in May of 2022, uh, but we had started looking in earnest January, February, March. Um, so it was available. I'll be honest with you. Sea Ray wasn't at the top of our list. A, a, wasn't on the list. And even a motor yacht wasn't. We really thought we were trawler people. We looked at a lot of trawlers put in offers on trawlers. Um, but it, you know, we really started thinking like it would be nice to go fast in well, certain I situations. I think you're jumping the boat there. We didn't know. It was, it came to the point that we needed a boat. And a friend of mine who talks about going on a loop, but will never go on the loop said, here's the looper selling this boat, buy that boat, go buy. So we had just had a month of driving up and down the coast looking at bad trawlers. We went there, these people said, oh yeah, it was easy. We did it and blah, blah, blah. And were we so lucky we didn't get a trawler? I can't tell you how lucky we were. We love the Sea Ray. In the end, we decided it was the perfect boat for us. So it, it was great. It worked out really well. Yeah. Give us some of her, you know, specifications, kind of the boxes that it checked for you that made it one a perfect choice. Sure. So uh, we wanted, uh, we liked the idea of a aft cabin for the master suite. Uh, we were convinced that we were going to have tons of people come and want to join us on this adventure. So we wanted two staterooms, really wanted two heads, and I wanted a washer dryer on board. And I think those were the main things, right? 40 foot or less. We didn't want to go any bigger than that because of insurance, because of our lack of experience. Um, so, and she has a nice modern loungy feel to her, which we really like. Plenty of places for everybody to lounge around on it. Yeah. And the uh, cockpit is covered, which is, depending on who you are, is good or bad. We loved it on cold mornings when it was raining. We we're in there sipping our coffee, watching everybody else freezing up there going. <laughs> so we really enjoyed that at that time. Even when it was sunny, we're uh, light-skinned, freckled people. We try to stay out of the sun <laughs> as much as possible. So having that uh, in covered, you know, cockpit area was, was great for us. And over the loop, just for sea rays in general, over the loop, we found how well they're built. They had so many neat little things that were included that we other people were talking about adding to their boat. We were like, wow, we just lucked out, honestly. We were mm -hmm. too lucky. Boat. So Yeah. So we know it's a go fast boat, but of course you don't have to go fast all the time. So what was your kind of normal cruising speed on the sea ray? We like to run at about 1,000, 1,200 RPM, right? Which, a, a thousand was really the ideal. And that's what our mechanic, when we had it tuned up and ready to go, the mechanic said, a thousand is perfect. Below that, you stress your engine a bit. Above that, you're just wasting fuel. And then he said, if you really want to go fast, 2200 RPM so you can get going. But right. you need an oil, you need an oil well to drive like that. Mm -hmm. So a thousand, <laughs> I think a thousand was around eight miles an hour, right? Uh, so probably closer to nine, but depending on the, you know, you know, depending on the current, we could go as much as 10 or 10 and a half, or you go as slow as eight, just depending on current and wind or what have you. But yeah, about nine miles. Which is pretty much trawler speed for most yeah, trawlers. Right, right. So, but then in those instances where you wanted to go fast, did you have any examples of, you know, something that happened perhaps that caused you to want to travel fast on a particular day? And you of course had the flexibility to do that. Any storms, um, any uh, places you needed to make by a certain time? 
both, both storms and ignorance. I, <laughs> we, heard, we heard you talking to you about, good to have your parameters on weather. Well, we had our parameters. We just didn't know that those parameters could include real uh, a, a warning. They had a warning out on the ocean. What was that warning called? Small craft advisory. Oh, small craft advisory. So we got out there and we we're like, uh oh, but it was within <laughs> our parameters. But uh, when we got to where we were going, everybody was like, "You're crazy! Why were you out there?" Uh, it's the direction of the wind and stuff is what they said our problem was. So it was an interesting. That was our that early was on. Early out in our uh, yeah. once we'd left Hilton Head. That was early in the trip. And uh, we call it the three clowns in the bathtub experience because we have a, a dog that was a third clown. The boat goes under the water in the front, and then it goes on and on the side, and you're there. And we learned the truism that we learned at uh, we heard at the the Great Loop place. And that was mm -hmm. the boat can handle way more than you can, and it was while scary to us the first time that boat stayed stayed up. And we used the we used the gas then and to hit the top of the waves, and it was easy peasy. Yeah. What is your boat's name? Once around. Once around. You go once around in life. We intended to go once around the loop. We went a little bit longer than that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so for those. those we were going to go once in three quarters, but then we uh, <laughs> started thinking, how do we get out of a boat when we live in Arizona and the boat, you know, going to live on the water. So, yeah. Um, well, let's kind of shift from the boat to your actual looping experience. Talk about, you mentioned that you left Hilton Head, um, you know, talk about, uh, how long it took you to do, to do the loop. Um, you started from Hilton Head and uh, you were kind of looping. Um, I know you had plans for Canada that changed. So walk us through, you, you know, kind of how that whole loop went down for you. Yeah, we, um, so we bought the boat in May and then we wanted to have um, uh, like a thousand hour service done to it. And of course we had to wait for the mechanic there in Hilton Head, but we needed to learn the boat. So we hired a captain there, a local uh, guy. He went out with us seven times and we ended up, it was a, a happy accident where the boat was actually stored when we bought it and we stayed there. It's at a, a marina in Hilton Head where it has a lock to get in and out of. So we had a lot of practice with the captain uh, navigating mm -hmm. through this very, very narrow lock. Um, we got the boat ready to go. We had actually, because this all kind of happened so fast, we actually had a summer trip to Europe plan in July of 22. And we said, well, when we get back from that, we'll take the, the boat north to Chesapeake and we'll just hang over here for the winter. And something clicked within both of us during that trip and we were like, let's just do it now. Can we, can we make it to Chicago by October 1 if we leave as soon as we get back from Europe? That was our thought process. And I mapped it all out. Like if we were able to do this move every day, we did a lot of one night stands, but um, <laughs> we said, yeah, we can do it. So not go through Canada. We knew there would be time for that, but we were like, if we really like this experience, we'll just go around a second time and go through Canada. Um, so we left Hilton Head, I think it was August 4th and we ended up pulling into Chicago, October 1st. Even wow. with a few days sitting in Buffalo, pinned to the side of the dock because the wind was so bad that we couldn't get out on Lake Erie. But other than that, things really worked in our favor and we were able to move almost every day. And nobody else was out. We were at we were the, the only very yeah. tail, tail end of the loopers. So. We were the only loopers until Buffalo. We didn't see another looper. We were wow. all, we got to see all the wonderful people in the world and all of that. But until Buffalo, we were it. Then in Buffalo, we met one other couple pinned to the dock with us. So. Mm -hmm. And we didn't really take too much time off, even 
after that, I think a week around the holidays, but uh, we, we boated pretty steadily. So we crossed our wake in Hilton Head in um, mid-March of this mm -hmm. year. So I don't know the exact number of days, but that included a side trip to the Bahamas of about three weeks and some time hanging out in Florida in the Keys in the winter. So we did slow down once we got to Chicago and, and could yeah. enjoy things a little bit more. Much yeah. more of a normal trip, seeing these little towns all over. We yeah. like we took we took the armpit and surrounded instead of doing the long run down the Florida down you know that whatever they call that we run down, the bend. overnight thing. We yeah. did, I call it the armpit, big bend rather. It, it is referred to as both. <laughs> <laughs> um, most, uh, but the big bend route, yeah, and that's interesting because in the boat you're in, you can do the straight across run of the Gulf, you know, from yeah. Apalachicola or Carabel over to Clearwater as a daylight trip for the trawlers that's an overnight right. trip um but so it's interesting that you chose the big bend and it, it seemed like that was the choice for a lot of loopers this past season um so after this most recent hurricane i think we're gonna have to see how that panned this year but what did you right. like about the big bend oh all of the cute little towns we saw and uh, one aside about our boat as opposed to a trawler we took off because we a lot of trawlers took off and then went back and we were out with two trawlers when we decided to go and they turned around whereas we we modulated our speed that you know to to even out the waves so to speak and they just turned around and went back so but it was we oh those little towns well we, yeah we went into steenhatchee for a couple of days and i do think we had to sit there maybe a day waiting on weather and then the next one down i can't remember the name of it but you take kind of a long river in and there's a lake there oh, shoot i'm not going to remember the name crystal of that river one. probably Thank yeah. you. That was yeah. it. So that was real cool because you get there were manatees all around us up in there, and you know it was just it was very peaceful. We really enjoyed that mm -hmm. little town as well. Then I think we hopped on down to um, Clearwater yeah, right after that. Yeah, somewhere down there. The next stop sure I think is Clearwater. Yeah. But yeah, well, know. um, Steenhatchee Marina at Dead Man's Bay is one of our nominated yes. sponsor of the year uh, nominees finalists. Oh. Oh. And we have been in touch with them after the storm and they did sustain, of course, some flooding in the office and some damage okay. to the docks, uh, but not, it sounds like it's not catastrophic. So they're ah, working on repairs good. to hopefully get back to day-to-day -day operations. Um, you know, people worry about shallow water coming into taking that big bend route. Mm -hmm. Did you experience any of, that, any of that or have any concerns about it? Coming out of the Crystal River, we were in the middle of the, you go way out there and I got the little things, what, uh, the buoys quite a ways out and we mm -hmm. hit right in the middle we hit the bottom after we were completely out we just, made our little windy way out very carefully and then just i don't just know just past the was. last buoy hit, hit a the little bottom. sand yeah. or something yeah but that Thank that was our only real worry on that side of the, on the florida yeah so. yeah well, and thankfully, a little bit of a softer bottom than you find up in <laughs> Canada where it's granite. So, um, yeah, I, but hopefully for this year, people will be able to do the Big Bend. Obviously, some concerns about shoaling yeah. and, and changed channels from the storm. Oh. So hopefully with a few months until loopers or get to get to that area, hopefully we'll see, uh, you know, some some yeah. checking out for all of that so we can enjoy that Big Bend this year as well um i know lisa you do most of the close quarters maneuvering for the boat so the docking the locking how did that come to be since you were both kind of new at this um how did you end up being the captain for the more challenging parts of of the boat the boating part well first of all i'm of the two of us i'm the, definitely the more type a control freak so uh, <laughs> 
when we went out with the captain, we started going out with the captain. He had us each take turns at doing all the different jobs. So we all, you know, we knew how to handle lines. We knew how to drive. And he had us do some practices in tight spots and parking and whatnot. And for whatever reason, my brain just seemed to, I could wrap my brain around what I needed to do in turn. We have uh, twin engines, you know, what you need to do to get the boat to turn uh, a certain way. And particularly when you're backing up and that type of thing. So um, I, I kind of figured it out. And then, like I said, I'm a control freak. So I guess I just hung on to the job. <laughs> she once, did. Once, I she, it. once we go to an easy place and say, hey, there's no current, there's no nothing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice. She goes, yeah, I, I need you up there on the front line. So, it was one of those things. Yeah. Well, kudos to you for doing that. We definitely encourage uh, all of our loopers that both people, if there are two aboard, know how to do the basics. Um, you yeah. know, at least be able to get to a T-head in case the person who is normally oh, yeah. captaining right. the boat, you know, is incapacitated. Right. Yes. Um, but obviously, Lisa, it's great that you went above and beyond that. Mike, I hope you were at least able to put it on a T-head in case something happened to Lisa, <laughs> oh, you can get yourself oh, yeah, back yeah. safely. Yeah. But, some, you know, yeah, I, I could, I could do better than I was allowed, but <laughs> it, it, it was pretty, we had people just talk to us because I was on the front and she was driving. Mm -hmm. I mean, random people, they're like, why are you driving? How, how, you know, like it was, it was weird that she was the driver in places. And so if you want to actually meet a lot of people, have the woman drive the boat. The I only boat. saw a few other females actually cap, you know, in the docking situation yeah. when I was out there. Yeah, so. it's impressive. I don't know what it is um, that makes a lot of females apprehensive about it, myself included. Um, but there's probably only a handful of uh, loopers that I know where the woman in the, the couple regularly handled the boat during all of those close quarters maneuvers. And that's kind of my goal is to get to that point. Part of our problem is that Michael likes to do it too, so he doesn't really yeah. want to give it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but this summer I've had a great opportunity because we are in a slip where we have to go over to the fuel dock for a pump out. So I have been practicing that by just ah. kind of, you know, yeah. going sure. an eighth of a mile and coming back and backing into the slip. So that's, yeah. that's been fun for me to work on. Well, if you're Let's, ever in uh, mm -hmm. Hilton Head, I would recommend mm -hmm. Trey the captain. So. We'll help you Good to know. We'll definitely look him up. So let's take a quick break and play a message from a sponsor. Um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what I usually just call your cruising preferences. And what I mean by that is, you know, marinas or anchorages, how many miles per day or hours per day did you tend to travel? Things like that. Um, so we'll be back with that in a moment. The LAD product line offers stress-free, restful nights while you are away from your boat. LAD is an independent, self-controlled device that continuously monitors your boat's list, position, and more. Your LAD will send you an alert via text and email from anywhere in the world of a potential problem on your vessel. When connected to the boat network, LAD will also monitor bilge pumps, refrigerator, battery voltage, shore power disconnect, intruder alarm, smoke, fire, and more. Set your own alerts, add alert recipients, Geofence and track your vessel's position via a secure online map page. LAD never sleeps, so you can. Please visit www.ladalert.com for more information. Life is better by the bay. Here in Panama City, Florida, we have deep blue water surrounded by arts and culture. We love our historic neighborhoods, southern coastal cuisine, and the songs and stories of our locals. And we're sure you will, too. If you're traveling along America's Great Loop, 
Drop your anchor at St. Andrews Bay in Panama City and enjoy easy access to waterfront restaurants and shopping, a favorite among loopers. Land or water, you're going to love it here. Visit DestinationPanamaCity.com and learn more. We're back on the Great Loop Radio podcast. My guests today are Mike and Lisa. They are recent gold loopers, and they are sharing the story of their Great Loop adventure. So, Mike and Lisa, we were just about to start talking about kind of your cruising preferences. So, did you tend to anchor out or marina more? Um, you know, how many hours a day did you like to cruise? We've already kind of covered you cruise probably a lot more consecutive days than some loopers choose to, but everybody does their loop their own way. So what was your way of doing it? Well, we, um, we cruised about on average, probably 50 miles a day. Some days were a little longer and, and some were shorter. So we, you know, we followed a lot of the routes that you'd put out there, Kim, you know, the recommended stops along the way. So, so that kind of was mm. 50 miles um a lot of time in marinas we have uh have a dog we have the dog with us for a while we had a, a dinghy and motor that were vintage uh and it was all <laughs> mike could do to get that motor started and i you know there wasn't even any hope for me at all so we'd all have to go on the dinghy run if we did if we did anchor out to take the dog I never got the dog trained to where she would use the bathroom on a boat um so for that reason and we, honestly we liked the comfort of marinas we liked uh meeting the people there and doing that type of thing uh we were probably at least 90 percent of the time in marinas I think yeah and main, mainly because we had the dog we did upgrade our dinghy and our our motor I don't know, halfway into the trip. And that made it a lot better because she and I could then just go off and running and do that. But um, but still. Where, where marinas were available were easily 90% of the time in a marina. Mm -hmm. Well, they weren't available though. We had great times, you know, anchoring out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we ever had a bad experience anchoring out. So, uh, the worst yeah. experience was her not believing I had the right amount of road out with the anchor. But that's a question for your class. <laughs> <laughs> so she was not sure you calculated that scope correctly correct i tend to go on the short side because i don't like you know i just do but we never slipped never ever had a problem no okay so what were some of you know kind of how did the reality of the trip compare to what your expectations were mm -hmm. ahead of time because you came out of the fall rendezvous obviously really excited so probably some high expectations uh, what was the reality compared to that? Easy, I, it, I think. Well, I think the one thing for me was, and I know people at the rendezvous warned against this, like, don't think a bunch of people are going to come and join you on this adventure. And I was like, oh, they don't know our friends. They're definitely going to join us. We did have um, three different sets of friends or relatives join us at different times. And it was fantastic. Every time they did, we had such fun. But I realized it's impossible. I mean, we're retired. A lot of our friends aren't retired. It's hard to plan vacation when you, you don't know exactly where you're going to be and when, and for them to make flight arrangements. And, and then it does put you as the voter in this position of rushing to get somewhere when maybe you really shouldn't be rushing through the weather or whatever situation. So that was probably the biggest surprise to me. And the more I was on it, I was like, why did I ever think that was going to work? Uh, nor or why would people want to go out with novice boaters i mean i'm not sure if somebody <laughs> invited me along in this situation that i'd even raise my hand and say yeah that sounds like a good idea um so that that was probably the 
biggest First off, it met me? all of our expectations. It was mm -hmm. great. She's just talking about some things as we're into her. We were just surprised, like, huh? Just you know, because we thought people would want to share with us, but it's ours. It was our our uh, adventure, not theirs. Right. Mm -hmm. We we had a great time. We learned quite a bit about life. I'll tell you, I am much more competent than I was with going into it. And you know the saying that uh, sailor cuss like a sailor. Mm -hmm. There's a for that. <laughs> so what it were some a, of the, go ahead, Lisa. It seemed a little high stress at the get-go because, you know, it, it was a new thing for us. Just, I think it probably felt more stressful to me than it really was in terms of navigation and reading wind and weather and tides and all that. It, it felt like a lot. Uh, but like Mike said, I think we came out of it much more confident and capable of not just in the boating world, but. But in general, I mean, we just kept going to YouTube videos. We did have an alternator go out at one point and we actually had to replace it, which I never saw myself doing, but it's amazing with the help of fellow boaters, which oh, yeah. that's another tremendous positive loopers and boaters in general, gosh, also very helpful. So uh, we learned a lot and we, we came out, I think just a lot more confident about anything we kind of take on now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you kind of mentioned some of the challenges, um, and I think there's, even for experienced boaters, I think there's really an adjustment when they start the loop till they find that groove, I've called it before, that, you know, for most to be a pretty long learning curve to reach that point where it becomes a little bit less stressful day to day. Um, but what, you know, what were some of the challenges? How did you overcome them? Was it just finding that groove and practicing until you got there or what made you kind of settle down and breathe into it and, and say, okay, we've got this now. <laughs> this is not an everyday stressor anymore. We had a ambitious goal. So we were focused on that to get to Chicago by October 1st. And that was what four or five months down the road. So it was, that goal was so overwhelming that there was really not many things that we were in the groove from day one. Like we have to be here. We felt we had, mm -hmm. to, be here. We had to be here, we had to be here. And we had, well, I think maybe the key is just repetition because, you know, just every day. Okay. Now we're repeating that, how we get out of here. Now we're repeating how we get into this spot. Um, and just, yeah, you know, yep. just the fact that you're doing it every single day. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a big a checklist fan. So I had created checklists from the get go about, you know, startup procedure and all that. And then you kind of get those in your head. So, so that helped. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great that. idea. We, yeah, I don't know that we had. Uh, it was fun, so much fun to get into it that we don't have any uh, any of those acclimation problems. You know. Yeah. Like I say, the yeah. hardest part was getting her to give up jobs. So, but <laughs> other than that, the hardest part for me was actually the first night with without. Like we decided, okay, we're going to leave Hilton Head today. I, I, it was hard for me to say, okay, yeah, we really are going to do, you know, mm -hmm. just, and we had never been out without our captain. So in looking back, I wish we would have gone out just at least one time without him. So we knew, <laughs> you know, but mm -hmm. it, you know, he pushed me out of the nest and we got out and yeah. we just got to do it. So any other advice you would have for somebody who's considering this trip and, you know, perhaps in the planning stages? Um, just do it get just I mean it's such an awesome experience and I'll tell you honestly 
we stepped off that boat in May and, and we've had a little like, okay, now what do we do? What's the meaning of life? We've done this huge adventure and uh, we both struggled a little bit with, okay, what's life look like now for us? But for people getting ready to do it, I would say, look at a lot of boats online, you know, look as many boats in person as you can to help you figure out what's really gonna be the right boat for you. Um, figure out your time frame and go do it. Hire a captain if you need to, but you just, I mean, once you get out there, you just get so much experience immediately, so. we had, She had an engine go out on our first, second docking out of the marina when we're on our way uh, in a current situation with wow. an inexperienced line handler, so. It was kind of a triple storm of, but you know, I didn't, I didn't kill anyone. I didn't take out the dock. So mm -hmm. I, mean, I got a little, you know, a little uh, scratch on the side of the boat that we had to buff out. But other than that. Um, that sounds like a win to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and it was only a scratch because it was, excuse me, I mean, taco. It was only a scratch because they had a black rubber thing on it. So it's just got a little black rubber stripe. It was no, nothing at all just a stripe yeah i yeah. called it my stripe of shame for a while but but actually it was probably like the stripe of proudness actually because it <laughs> we did get talked safely finally yep i was gonna say that should be a, a stripe of proudness under yes. those conditions yep. it sounds like you did a phenomenal job so absolutely well so you, you kind of mentioned that adjustment to life after the loop which i hear from a lot of goal loopers it is kind of a big question um but so have you decided what's next? I understand the boat is for sale. Right. Um, we don't know. And we're living in, we're back in Arizona. Part of the allure of the loop, we're big, we were big RVers before we did the loop. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of explored a lot. We lived out West for a while. Um, we enjoyed the water and all the little towns on the water on the East coast. So both of us are kind of like, Hmm, maybe, maybe we should be, you know, moving east and being part of a boating community. It's not out of the question that we might not get a smaller boat. And I don't think we'll do the whole loop again, but we didn't make it to Canada after all for a couple of different reasons. We would still like to do that and Georgian Bay and all of that. Um, New York coming across the Erie was beautiful and the Finger Lakes, we didn't get to stop there. There's a lot of water out there to be explored yet. So I don't know. It feels like maybe there's another boat in our future. Maybe. The, um, Thing I would also say on the, the direction we chose the Erie going across the Erie because for speed, but um, that's not a lesser trip. That yeah. was an amazing trip. We met a looper who called himself a looper. This was his fifth year in the Erie. He says, wow. It's like it's so much here. I'm not, I'm not got on the next Yeah. So it was funny, actually. Yeah, well, and, and during, uh, just before your looping time, when the U.S.-Canadian yeah. border was closed, of course, a lot more yeah. loopers did the full length of the Erie right. Canal and really oh, yeah. raved about it. So it's really choosing between two great yeah. options, whether yeah. you're yes. going to go through Canada or not. So I'm glad you enjoyed it, but also glad to hear that perhaps another boat that can yeah. take you through Canada might be in the future. I always never like to hear our gold loopers leaving boating altogether. So I'm glad to hear that you're leaving the options open. Well, we were... You know, think about it. We were probably not for 30 years on a boat at all, mm -hmm. other than an occasional cruise ship. Yep. But uh, so we didn't know. And, uh, you know, sweets, they say the best days when you sell a boat. That's not true. We miss our boat. Our boat was mm -hmm. wonderful. Yeah. But still living in Arizona, trying to figure out life, it's just too far away. 
absolutely sits yeah. in the water and you know they just rust in the water so well, congratulations to both of you on crossing your wake. I think you've done a great job of uh, perhaps helping some who may be starting off as reluctant spouses like Lisa started off. And she went from there to being the primary boat handler, uh, mm. which is amazing. Um, and But both of you with not having had the experience in quite some time on boats and not on this style of boat, um, mm. you know, I think you've really inspired some by helping them realize you can get the training you need to do this safely and successfully. So thank you for sharing your story today. I've enjoyed it. Okay. Thank you. You want one more piece of advice? I, I would love 70, it. I was 70 when I started and I was not too old. Also good tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was shaped. By, and by the time, you know, by the time you're a month or two into it, you're in a lot better shape. Uh, yes, it is an active lifestyle. So if you're not in shape before it, it, it does <laughs> kind of push you in that direction for sure. So awesome. Well, thank you both. Really appreciate it. Uh, we will thank keep you. in touch with you and hopefully we'll see you on the water again at some point. And to everyone who's watched or listened today, thank you for joining us for the Great Loop Radio podcast. We'll be ne back next week with another episode. Until then, safe cruising. Bye.